Welcome back to the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Joining us on a Tuesday, Talking Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young. Hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610. In the preseason, the news came out yesterday that Matt Corral is going to play the bulk of the preseason snaps. And so that sounds to me like the Panthers know what they have. They feel like they know that they've got a stud waiting to be unleashed upon the NFL. And so, Walker, I guess we'll kick this thing off asking you, how much football do you expect Bryce Young to play after that news dropped? Yeah, I guess the starting quarterback isn't going to be playing as much preseason, which makes a lot of sense, unless you have a rookie QB, and then the calculus gets changed a little bit. Clearly the guy that you want to roll out there week one to be the starter as your number one overall pick. Perhaps there are some out there that would like to start Andy Dalton first. I am not one of those people. I think majority want Andy Dalton to be the backup QB and Matt Corral to be the third string quarterback. I expect, you know, with what the new rules that you have in place, you know, it'll be interesting to see just where Bryce Young will play the most because we'll see some snaps from him. We'll see some, and the bulk will go to Matt Corral, as you talked about. But, yeah, I don't expect to see him a ton, and I guess that's okay as long as you feel good about everything that he'll accomplish in training camp. Some of his preseason snaps that he's going to get, I'll find value in. And plus, he's been working out with all of his wide receivers. We had the um, the SMU workouts that he was having, you know, throwing to different wide receivers and, and stuff of that nature. So I feel pretty good about Bryce Young growing as much chemistry as possible. And I am one that wants to make sure Bryce Young does not get hurt in preseason before we actually make these games count starting week one. Do you think his size has anything to do with this? No, I actually don't. I actually don't think it's anything to do with his size. I think it's really just, this is the number one overall pick. This is who we want to start. We want him to be our franchise quarterback. We want him to be ready to go week one, and we don't want to risk any injury. I Maybe Anthony Richardson's in a little bit of a different spot because he's not as polished a passer as Bryce Young. Maybe C.J. Stroud is in the same exact spot as Bryce Young. I don't know. So that'll be interesting to see how the Texans and how the Colts decide to handle what they want to do with their starting QB. I don't think size has anything to do with what Bryce Young is going to do in preseason. Yeah, that was the thought that just came to my head as well. But I think that I would expect him to play about as much as a as a team would treat a superstar quarterback and I'm not calling him a superstar already even though I think that he will be but I think it's going to be you know a couple of series here and there then for the dress rehearsal maybe not play two and a half quarters maybe just play two quarters or a quarter and a half so I think I would expect him to play around the amount of time that you would uh, fancy a guy that has the requisite experience where they don't really need the preseason and I think that's a big uh, feather in the cap of one Bryce Young the fact that they don't feel like he needs all of these reps but do you think that uh, it will hurt him if he doesn't play as much as you would probably expect a rookie to play to really get their feet wet and ready for the regular season no I I don't think so I I guess it depends on how many possessions you want him to play more so. And this is where it gets really tough because you do find value in placing Bryce Young as much under the lights as you possibly can in a preseason scenario, which is going to be as close to a regular season game than as you can get. It's not going to be the same. You're not going to show your entire offensive arsenal. You're not going to show the whole playbook in preseason game one, two, and three with Bryce Young there. But I, I find some value in it, and yet I still think it's better to have as little risk as possible to him getting hurt in preseason. Because think about, 
the entire, you know, the the air being let out of the room if Bryce Young goes down with any significant injury that would keep him out of regular season action. I do not want to see that. That would take a lot of the good feelings that you have away. And I know that anybody can get hurt in a lot of different scenarios. Just let's put Bryce Young out there for a couple possessions here and there. Maybe give him a whole quarter or a whole half in one of these preseasons and then let Matt Corral get bulk of the snaps. And plus, there's some incentive to do that as well with Matt Corral because if he plays well, then you can use that as trade bait and get a fourth round pick if he actually plays really well. You see this all the time. Remember when Josh Dobbs played against the Carolina Panthers for the Pittsburgh Steelers, played against them, and we were like, hey, are we playing against somebody that's going to be on the roster sometime soon? So you can see somebody that balls out in preseason restore some of his value. Another team would want to get that guy if they're not exactly happy with their quarterback room. Maybe Matt Corral could be the person that you trade for some other fourth-round pick. Yeah, and so I I don't think it will hurt him because, as I said, I think this just speaks to the type of player that he is. And also, I think a lot of rookie quarterbacks, they're learning how to prepare for the NFL game. And when you talk film study and studying your playbook, and I think that this is a guy that he just – he has it. I think he knows how to study film properly. I think he knows the playbook. Well, we've already seen that. They feel like they can do more with him uh, than what they have in the playbook now. They feel like they can expand their playbook beyond what it already is with this guy. So I think that it does not matter for him to play as much. I still think that he needs reps. It just doesn't matter for him to play as much as maybe some other rookie quarterbacks may need. Now, we'll see the just to the speed of the game and things of that nature because that's the number one thing that you hear especially for quarterbacks is that uh, the windows close a little bit quicker than they do in college that guys aren't as open uh, as you would be in college when you make throws like open in the NFL is just barely getting a guy on your back and then you have to fit the ball in there so I don't think it will hurt him as much because I think this is a guy that's ready to come in and play professional football right now. So, again, I think this is uh, another great example of Bryce Young being the guy that Carolina fans hope that he is. But with Matt Corral playing the bulk of the snaps in preseason, what if he comes out and he shines, man? What if he comes out and he just balls out, Walker? Then then what do you think that this does for Carolina's quarterback room, if anything. I think you can use him as trade bait. That would be the number one incentive for him to come out and ball out. It's a great problem to have if you're Carolina and your third string QB right now comes out and plays really well. Because I think most publications would rank Andy Dalton as one of the better backup quarterbacks in all of the NFL. We saw him play really well when he came in and stepped under center for the New Orleans Saints. Played as well as you possibly could ask him in that scenario. So Andy Dalton, you bring him in for a reason. He's going to be your backup quarterback. And I find it pretty hard to believe unless Andy Dalton comes in is awful for two games. That's the way that Matt Corral, outside of injury, if Bryce Young goes down, Andy Dalton comes in, isn't good for two, three games. That's the path for Matt Corral to start a couple of contests this year. But outside of that, and still pretty unlikely, even though it certainly can happen. We saw what happened to your 49ers last year. There there is a path. We Mm -hmm. can see it. But Matt Corral, if he balls out, then maybe you can get a draft pick out of it. That's what you're going to be wanting to do. Because you drafted Bryce Young to be your franchise QB for the long term. 
And so if you have somebody that can be a good backup QB like Matt Corral, maybe you want to move on from Andy Dalton in the short term and Matt Corral could be that guy, but he wants to go start as well. So yeah, it's, it's all about trade bait for me. Yeah, I could see that uh, being a feasible scenario. And I, you just think about too, you know, what if you have the chance to have two good young quarterbacks a la uh, uh, um, what's my boy, uh, RG3 and Kirk Cousins, when they had the two young quarterbacks in Washington and just let them play as long as they can together because if one goes down, then you got another good young quarterback. But I'm with you as well. But if you were to do the whole trade thing, how soon would you want to do it? Would you make a move on him right now? Like if he lights up the preseason and he plays really well, do you make that move right now? It, it just all depends on what you think you can get. I... I don't know if it's a seventh rounder and there's really not a lot to be gained then. And you think you can get more if he has another preseason next year, then maybe you hold on to him. You find a way to, you know, keep three quarterbacks on the roster. That's fine. Okay. And then you go into next off season and then you can see if he plays well in the preseason price starts to go up. Who knows what kind of quarterback room changes you're going to have as a, you know, in a calendar year's worth of time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think timing really matters, I guess. You know, if he plays well in the preseason and you think, all right, we think Matt Corral is worth a fifth rounder. A team offers a seventh and whatever, and you don't think it's worth enough, then there's no reason to pull the trigger on it if you don't think it's worth what Matt Corral is to your team. And so you wait until you get that offer and then you can pull the trigger. But yeah, I don't think timing really matters. Yeah, because we like to do uh, alternate universes on here. And so if he just comes in and really looks like a guy that's really to start ready to start in the NFL today. I think the better question would be, especially with Corral's athleticism, uh, he's definitely a guy that has some wheels on him, and it may be an underrated aspect of his game. I mean, is this a guy that I know the money talks for sure, and that may be the reason you ultimately don't put him over Andy Dalton, but I'm just wondering if this is a guy that comes in and is really showing that live arm and really showing that athleticism and really has an understanding of what he's seeing out there is he the guy that you go to if a Bryce Young did go down for whatever reason would you maybe let him supplant Andy Dalton already because you want to put the guy that gives you the best chance to win and so with Corral for those who haven't watched the guy play I mean he can run he's got the quarterback uh, savvy word that people love to use he's got moxie and so I'm just wondering if he comes out and really shows tremendous improvement is this a guy that you could even conceive being over an Andy Andy Dalton. I mean, I guess if he plays better, I, there, there's a lot of game film that we have on Andy Dalton as to why they and the gave money's him. an issue. Yeah. And so I like, yeah, I guess it's it's hard for me to answer that question because you're right. Like if Matt Corral comes in and absolutely destroys everybody in the preseason, then sure. If he gives you a better chance to win, then sure. Start him above Andy Dalton. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're actually asking a lot from him after missing an entire season yeah. because of his injury. So I just I just don't think that were to happen. But sure, if Matt Corral comes in and he throws for a ton of yards and he's got a great completion percentage and he's throwing downfield and he's showing you his wheels and there's a lot to like, 
then yeah, maybe Matt Corral does come in and supplant Andy Dalton as the backup QB. I just don't know if I would bet on that scenario happening. Do you think that Coach Reich is the best coach for him? Because we know the advice that Coach Reich has said that he's given him as far as playing the long game, and he definitely knows about being a backup and how it goes for guys like that in the league and just telling him to stay ready and all the good things you would tell uh, a backup quarterback. But I feel like with his experience, his credibility, I think that he uh, is a perfect coach for a guy like Matt Corral to keep his quote-unquote head in the game. But uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think Frank Reich is going to be a great coach for um, a lot of different QBs. I think he's a good offensive mind. And especially with somebody that has been a backup QB, like you've mentioned before, maybe he does understand what it takes to come back from adversity, not being able to be that starter, you know, and Reich having been a backup quarterback before, saying, hey, this is the plan to get to get back into, you know, good graces for another team that might be able to give you a starting opportunity. And he knows what it takes to be ready in case there is an injury. And Andy Dalton isn't going to be on this team forever. And so Matt Corral is probably not going to be on this team forever. So maybe there is a chance for Matt Corral, but it happens with a different franchise. For instance, we saw Taylor Heineke. Maybe that's an example to roll with, right? Taylor Heineke was here in Carolina I always actually thought he was better in preseason than Kyle Allen was, than even a Garrett Gilbert was. But Heineke was always somebody that was further down on the QB depth chart, eventually goes to Washington and has some moments. Heineke, high-end backup, low-end starter. Maybe that is a path that Matt Corral can reach, and we've seen that happen a couple of times in Carolina. But, no, the, the career is not over for him, right? And Frank Reich is somebody I do think that can really help get the most out of him. And then maybe he can realize some potential that he has with a different team. But Bryce Young, you're you're hoping that he's the guy. If he's not, then that's not going to be great. If your number one overall pick isn't the guy and Matt Corral supplants him, um, because I would have to imagine that means Bryce Young is a bust. All right. Well, when we come back on the Wes and Walker show, we're going to play guess that Madden rating, the edge players and the interior defenders were the ratings that were released today from EA Sports. So we're going to see if Walker can be on the money today and SEC Sound for Media Days, all that and more. This is the Wes and Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Immersed in the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Independence or online at planetkianc.com. Hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610, and hit that follow button on the social media, the Wesson Walker Show, Twitter, on Twitter. Hit that up. Hit up the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram at Walker Mail on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. West Bryant underscore 72 on those same platforms and HTB underscore Josh. All right. Madden, NFL 24. This is ratings week, as they like to call it. They are releasing the ratings, and they have done the edge rushers and interior Defensive lineman Aaron Rodgers got, uh, not Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Donald got a 99 for the seventh straight season. That's that incredible. is a Madden record. Uh, and a big bone to pick from me. Wait, I'm, what is that What is that for? That's the goat sounder. Yeah, goat. 
I didn't realize that. I think I thought that you would just play a sheep sound every once in a while. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, that threw me off big yeah, time. Yeah, I've got an issue with EA Sports. How Nick Bosa did not get a 98 is beyond me. They gave Miles Garrett the same grade that he got. Nick Bosa should have been in the 99 club, so that's a disgrace. And you think it's pretty cool that he probably rubs it in his brother's face that Joey was a 91 and he was a 98? Probably. Yeah, anything that you can do to win the sibling rivalry, I'm sure you're going to take advantage and of. And also uh, Dexter Lawrence from Clemson. He had a uh, tremendous grade as well. He is a 96, I believe, as I'm, I'm looking at the Twitter, so uh, to give you guys an update on that. So that was pretty cool. No, Dexter Lawrence has a 91, excuse me, out of uh, Clemson. Oh, that's his tackle grade. Okay, I'm not <laughs> doing all that. All right, it's time for Walker Mail. <laughs> We did this yesterday, and we had a good time with it. We're going to let him guess some of the Carolina Panthers' best players. What did they get? And so we know where we're going today. We're going to talk about Derrick Brown, Brian Burns, and also we're going to talk about Frankie Louvu, and we're going to see if he can indeed guess that Madden rating. Let's get this thing going. Walker, you can give me your guesses for all three. We can go individual, whichever you would like to do. All right, let's 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 focus on Brian Burns first. Okay. And so if we want to focus on Brian Burns, we talked about whether the popularity is something that hurts his rating. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I think Brian Burns is a 90. If you put Dexter Lawrence at a 91, that defensive tackle grade, I honestly would have gone with him higher, though. So maybe that's making me a little conflicted. Okay. I'm going to go 90. I'm, I'm, I'm staying solid. I think he got in the 90 club. Well, you would be incorrect. Brian Burns got an 87. I was surprised by this, too. I thought that he would have gotten uh, a 90-plus as well. He's got a 95 awareness. He's got 91 acceleration. He got 88 speed. That is pretty doggone fast uh, for a guy of his caliber, his size, and a 76 strength. I'm not going to get into some of the more nuanced grades because, man, now they give a lot of grades. It's not like the old days. Mm-hmm. You had four or five key characteristics that made up your grade. They go to pass, rush, and all types of stuff. This is the furthest one off I've been. So the other one, I think the closest I got were within two points. This is the furthest one. One, I'm patting myself on the back. Yes, 100%. As you but also, yeah, this one is, I guess, the one that I have the biggest problem with so far. The other ones I thought Madden got pretty correct, but I don't know where that ranks among all the other edge rushers. We can look that up later maybe. But with Brian Burns not being a 90, yeah, I, I think when you go to what the NFL execs voted on ESPN, Jeremy Fowler took a survey and then he posted that on the dot com and he came in at like sixth or seventh overall. He was right outside that top tier. And so for him to be 87 seems a little underrated there. I feel like he should be a 90. All right. So now we're going to go with uh, Derek Brown. What say you walk a mail on Derek Brown? I don't think he's going to have a lot of the same cachet as some of these other defensive tackles. I don't think anybody's going to hold him up in the same regard as a Dexter Lawrence at 91. So he's not going to get to the 90 club. Derek Brown to me, I'll go 86 for Derek Brown. That's going to be my final grade for him. All right, and so to tell you really quick, too, the defensive line, Grace Dexter Lawrence ended up with a 94, and then Chris Jones was second 
with a 96. I'll still roll with 86. All right. So you would be incorrect, Walker Mill. He got an 83, which I thought was kind of low for Derrick Brown as well. I thought he would be in the 87, 88 range uh, as well, man. So I was a bit surprised by that grade, too. All right. So the defensive linemen, they're disrespecting more so than some of the other positions that we've ranked. They also have him listed as a a right end, which we know will be his position anyway in in that odd front. But they've got him as a right end, not an interior defensive lineman now uh moving on our last guy for today frankie louvu left outside linebacker but he's considered a bit of an edge player too with his seven sacks last season walker mail what did frankie louvu get from the good folks at ea sports yeah this one's going to be harder for me to grade the seven sacks i wonder if madden looks at that and then immediately bumps his grade up but also he's not considered one of the best linebackers there not a lot of the namesake that you'll see this one's really tough if Derek Brown comes in at an 83, I don't know, man. This one, 81, 81. I'm locking it in. I know this would be a, a fun one today, but you are yet again incorrect. Mm. He hits it so quickly. Frankie Louvu got a 79. I thought that was a, a bad grade. I thought he should have been 83, 84 range with the season that he had, 100 tackles, seven sacks. So I thought that they did him a disservice. And the speed, too, man, a 79. I thought he should have gotten a higher speed uh, than that. I, th- I think they did not do Frankie Louvu right, as they call him uh, Big Ooze. I thought that... With him being the most unrecognizable name, I can see why Madden did it. I had no clue. That one was the toughest one for me to try to gauge. I guess I was more off on Brian Burns and even Derek Brown. Both I was three points off rather than the two for Luvu, but that was the hardest one for me to try to gauge. All right, so moving along, it is talking season, and we are having the SEC media days this week. And so we know the talking heads just saw uh, Kirby Smart up there on the podium. And now we're looking at Hugh Freeze, Auburn's new coach. So what are some of the storylines that have you intrigued as we are marching towards college football? Yeah, I'm really interested in what LSU does this year to see if they're going to be towards the top of the SEC again, like college football playoff contention type of top is what I'm talking about. So LSU was one, but Alabama is going to have a lot of conversation surrounding them moving on from Bryce Young being a team that did not make the college football playoff and now coming in at four right being ranked the fourth best team in the preseason rankings to me with that being the lowest ranking that they've had which is still hilarious to discuss Alabama making that transition at quarterback people are a little bit further down on them than they have been in years past so those are the two storylines that I'll give you. Yeah, uh, I'm with you 100%. I want to see what Alabama's going to be able to do. 24-7 Sports has Georgia and Alabama. Surprise, surprise, as the favorites coming out of the East and the West, as does Athlon Sports. Now, we'll see what the press thinks as they come out of media day, as they get their votes in. But you look at Alabama and that depth chart at quarterback, and you're looking at Jalen Milrow, a guy who's a fantastic athlete, but you don't necessarily see the passing pedigree there to make you feel good about it. Tyler Buckner comes in at quarterback from Notre Dame. So we'll see if he can compete for the job. And then they've got Ty Simpson, a highly touted red shirt freshman quarterback. But this Alabama team, when you look at them on paper, man, a lot of guys that have you can see have been waiting their turn. Uh, you've got some big stars like a Dallas Turner, but he's arguably the biggest star on this team. This is an Alabama team that's a little bit devoid of some of the tremendous star power that we've seen uh, as well. Georgia also 
has a lot of turnover, and I'm going to be interested to see uh, what the dogs can do because you know how I feel about one Stetson Bennett. So the quarterback right now that's slated to start is Carson Beck with Brock Vandegrift uh, behind him and Gunnar Stockton, uh, a highly touted freshman, is behind them. But Brock Bowers looks to be the star of that offense. But Georgia's offense has been a bit unassuming, even in their championship seasons. Just not a lot of guys that you're seeing as, as bona fide NFL stars, just good uh, college football players. And their defense has a little bit, uh, you know, of turnover. They've got a lot of turnover, I should say. But I'm, I'm with you, man. I think LSU, I'm going to pick them to win the West. Uh, I like the Brian Kelly, Jalen Daniels combo. I think that they win the West. And then over in the East as well, uh, I, whew, it's tough, man, because Joe Milton, I'm, I'm very – I'm a lot of, of mixed feelings about him because I know that he has the talent. I know what this offense can do, but uh, Tennessee is going to be another storyline, but I think I'm going to go with Georgia by default. I'm going to chicken out. All right, so here we are talking about LSU. Fiddy, let's go to that Brian Kelly cut because Kelly, he's coming after some of these top dogs in the SEC right away at the very beginning of his tenure down in Baton Rouge. Here he is now where Alabama is usually at the top. Perhaps you still want to put them there after the decade they've had. But Georgia's won two natties, and here's Brian Kelly telling you how much they're coming to, uh, towards them. I know that based upon how we've recruited and how we'll continue to recruit, um, that we'll have um, a football roster that, that will be able to compete against Georgia. Is that right now? No, it's not. But if we continue to do what we're doing, we're going to have a roster that can compete against Georgia, and then it's just a matter of getting it done on, on, the, on the playing field so everybody then can assess they've closed the gap. I'm not a fan of Brian Kelly, one of the more annoying coaches out there. Wow, why don't you like Brian Kelly? Oh, Brian Kelly is at Do the you podium. not like winners? No, I know he's a very, very good coach. We cannot like coaches. I mean, come on. Do you? Oh like, no, no doubt about it. Like, I just want to know why. No, no. Well, I'm I'm answering Fitty. Do you not like winners? Like you don't like Urban Meyer? I can't imagine. But the dude has absolutely won at the college level with a couple of different programs. Brian Kelly, not in the Urban Meyer conversation, but also really annoying. You know, gets testy with media and unnecessary circumstances. He's an annoying dude. We can all go to the fabricated Southern accent, which is more hilarious and embarrassing than it is real. But that is not. That is not to say that he is not an exceptional football coach. Like, I understand just how great Brian Kelly is at putting a team together, what he did at Cincinnati, what he did at he Notre Dame. loafers. Yeah, well, Brian Kelly, it's working for him, man. So when I say all of that, when I say I don't like Brian Kelly, I do understand how good of a coach he is, and all that to say I believe him when he says that they're coming for Georgia. It doesn't mean that they're going to win two straight championships, but I do think that they're going to have the ability to maybe pull off a couple of upsets here and there, and I do think that with LSU having the facilities that they do, the tradition that that football program has, and then putting Brian Kelly at the top, yeah, I have no doubt that LSU is going to be among the top college football programs sooner rather than later. I've said it over and over. I thought when he went there, I said LSU is going to win a national championship in the 
near future because all he was missing at Notre Dame, he couldn't recruit the lineman that he wanted. And that's what was missing when he played against the big dogs. And so I'm also interested to see, too, how Tennessee is going to uh, come back. What's their encore? Because we know they finished down the stretch limping uh, when they had the injury to Hendon Hooker. Is Joe Milton going to live up to the height that he's getting? Because it's a lot of gas. And you look at this Tennessee offense and check this out. Josh Heupel, since 2018, when you talk about plays gaining 40-plus yards, came to UCF in 2018, took them from 18th all to all the way to first in 2020. They were second in 2019. Tennessee, when he got there, they were tied for seventh in plays gaining 40-plus yards, and they were number one last year with 36. So they're a defense away, and if Joe Milton looks to be that guy, then this is a team that could also challenge uh, Georgia as well. So another key storyline, too, is Texas A&M. What are we going to get from them? Because we know the big bag that Jimbo Fisher is making over there. Can Texas A&M come back after a horrible season, or is that seat going to get real hot? Let's hear Jimbo talk about uh, his job and that he's not worried. And, and I'm not putting you on the spot here, but no. everyone talks about, you know, Okay, your, I, your I don't contract. worry about that. I don't worry about losing does my job. Give you a, does that help I worry you about not you? doing a good job for I mean, our players and our fans. Well, that kind of bad. People on our support staff who count on us every day to keep a job. That's what, that's what motivates me and drives me. I don't, I'm not worried about myself. I don't, I don't, I've never worried about myself, whether I had a one-year contract or a ten-year contract. I'm worried about the people who work under us, the players having a great experience and winning, and our fans getting a great program, which they deserve, and, and the alumni base and all that stuff. That, that's what I worry about. The rest of that stuff, you, you, can't, you don't control that. I can control the other. Does it, do, you, do, you, do you worry about how it affects those who are close to you, though? Yeah, but they understand that. They, they, they hear it. They understand it when they go in. The, okay. They ain't going to listen to it. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> That's that's the that's the world we live in. That's that's what we live in. I mean, that's that's our world, and you know that when you get in this business each and every day. I mean, I don't think I'd worry about getting fired either if I was going to be owed seventy-seven million uh, when I got the can. So I think Jimbo is walking around there with that chest puffed out just a little bit. But what do you think about uh, Jimbo's comments in Texas A&M in twenty twenty-three? Well, and everybody was is going to point to money and say that guys don't care about being fired if you have so much money. But there is some sort of pride with a lot of these guys. So it's not like Jimbo wants to be fired. He might say, oh, I'm not worried. No, financially, you're not. Okay, like I I get that. And and most people will point to, oh, I wish I could be fired and have all that money. Like, for (laughs) sure. I totally understand that. Okay, I got you. We'd all love to have millions of dollars. But if we want to talk about whether Jimbo Fisher wants to be fired or not, of course he doesn't want to. And honestly, look at the coaching staff. Look at all of the baggage that he brought aboard his coaching staff this offseason to ensure that he keeps his job as much as possible. You know, baggage be damned. Are you a good coach? DJ Durkin is on this coaching staff. Bobby Petrino is on this coaching staff. Steve Adazio is on this coaching staff. It is a hilarious staff that he put together to ensure so he can say how he's not worried, but... I mean, you're bringing these guys in order to win as much as you can right now. I'd have to imagine you might go a different direction when you want to be clearly, clearly the lone responsible guy for winning on a college football program, too. And then you're bringing all of these minds in that have had baggage at previous stops. Yeah, I think you probably are worried about putting a good product on the field. Did Jimbo sell his whole soul this year for some wins? Is that what you're telling me? Well, and if there's going to be somebody else (laughs) that has a job ready for Jimbo and he knows that things are about to go um, south, then he might just get out of Dodge like he did in Tallahassee to go take that other job. And so we'll see what Jimbo Fisher does. But, yeah, I bet he's feeling the pressure a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing about it is that Jimbo 
hasn't really had a quarterback that could really take him to the next level since Jameis, in my opinion. Did he and, have Kellen Mond? Yeah, Kellen Mond, but I mean, Kellen Mond wasn't that that difference maker to really take that. I feel like as good as of an offensive mind as he is, he hasn't had the requisite quarterback to help him get there. Connor Wagman looks to be slated as the starter with Mac jo- Max Johnson behind him, Brad Johnson's son, who's been a bit of a disappointment as well. So we'll see uh, how Jimbo fares this season and if they can bounce back. But Fitty, last flash of the day. Let's hear it. Fitty. Wes, I got news for you. What you got? We've been summoned to the Kyle Bailey show at 320. So people get more Wes Bryan and Fitty later on in the show. Walker, you haven't been left out the entire week. You're going to come back later and draft a, a basketball draft. Okay. Which you have a lot of history and success to, and which is why I recommended you to be the GM when new ownership bought the Hornets. But uh, so we're going to be back. Thank you. Yeah, I did for uh, having me in the write in ballot. I appreciate it. Yeah, your name was written down. Um, Not a whole lot of news, but in college basketball, a fun non-conference matchup with an ACC school, the Duke Blue Devils and the Baylor Bears. They will face off at MSG on December 20th. This is the first time they've met since the 2010 Elite Eight when Duke won 78-71 on their way to the Final Four. And Coach K's fourth national championship. Do you like him or do you hate winning? <laughs> Just wanted to hear your You know, thoughts. there's some things I've said about Coach K that can't be repeated on the oh air. Oh, my God. You are very correct. And you, you've you scarred Wes with one comment <laughs> that we won't say. But it's the one thing that I know Wes thinks of. When we talk about just how much of a degenerate you are, it's this specific comment that he thinks of. And it's changed his view of you. Yeah, I don't man. think he ever looked at you the same way. I'll never forget about it. And when we come back on the Weston Walker Show, we close this thing down on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. segment to go on Weston Walker, but it is not the last segment you'll get today from one Fitty and Wes Bryant. They're going to be joining Kyle at 320 for a TV movie football player draft. So any fictional football player, I believe, maybe it's just football movies. I don't know. But you guys are going to be going around the table, drafting football teams from fictional players on some of your favorite football movies of all time. So perhaps I'm revealing Fiddy's strategy, but he did just admit it to Wes. So I don't feel like I'm, you know, compromising your draft in any way here. (laughs) But Fiddy, I was actually a big fan of it because you did say that you were going to draft as many replacement players as possible because you love the replacements as a football movie. You called it the second best football movie of all time. Mm -hmm. I imagine, remember, the Titans is number one for you. But the replacements to me, I think it's my number one TV movie. The one that if it's on probably USA or TBS or whatever, and I'm scrolling through the channels and I see that it's on, it's not leaving. It's staying right there. And I'm going to see Shane Falco make the most (laughs) of his second chance of his NFL career every single time. Well, I guess you can get me back because I have seen the replacements on TV several times, but I've never taken the time to watch. You need to watch it. It's it's a phenomenal movie. I do need to. You've never you've never seen the replacements. I've never seen the replacements. It's a shocker. Like how? 
because it just never interests me. It's like a sport movie requirement. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but it just never interests me like that because it is, I guess because I thought it was, you know, kind of silly, like a comedy. I mean, it's a comedy, I guess, but it's, it's a, what would you describe it? It's a drama comedy, yeah, romantic I mean, like, comedy. You know, I need to watch it. No it's question. funny, but I mean, you know, Keanu Reeves is brilliant in, in his role. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You know, he is great. Shane Falco. Dude, I love Shane. Gene Falco, Hackman so, is in it. And, and Gene, I, this might be, God, this might be a hot take. Um, Gene he, Hackman, I think is better in the replacements than he is in Hoosiers. Yeah, I figured you were going that route. What I really thought, I thought you were going to go monster hot take and take Kevin Costner's best sports movie actor title and give it to Gene Hackman. That's what I really thought you were going to do. No, no. The Costner's made some bad films. Like Draft Day is one of the worst movies in the history of the film industry. I want my picks back. But no, I mean, he's made so many good baseball movies for, to that to ruin his title. But yeah, I'm excited about this. It'll be fun. Replacements, I'm with you. The problem is they're all, well, replacement level players. And so you might not have the best football team if you just stick to this movie. I'm a replacement level board up, so it fits the narrative. <laughs> you said it. I didn't say it. I'm not calling you that. I also have up there, if you are interested in the best TV movies out there, Big Daddy is my next one. Mm. It might even be number one. It's tied. It's between those two where if I'm surfing the channels, Big Daddy or the replacements are on. I will not see what else is on the TV. It will stop there to watch Shane Falco or Adam Sandler. It will be there. Do you have any best TV movies yeah. that you won't leave? Well, Dark Knight, uh, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, Scarface, Casino, Goodfellas. That All would right, probably well, be my on. top five. Well, hold on. I feel like there is a difference between best movies of all time and best TV movies. No, that's what I'm... Are you, like, what do you mean? Well, I, cause because... You, I thought you were saying movies that you always watch when they come on TV. No, I am. But what I'm... I just wanted to make sure there was a distinction because Dark Knight... I'm not going to argue that Big Daddy is a better piece of cinema than Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. Dark Knight is a better movie. But you got to be invested a little bit. And no. it actually it actually takes... A little bit of your brain power to pay attention because you have to pay attention to the plot and all that to see where you are. Big Daddy, it's mindless. Replacements, it's mindless. So if I'm just in any mood whatsoever, I don't mind having replacements or Big Daddy. But for Dark Knight, clearly a better movie than those two, mm -hmm. but not a better TV movie in my but, opinion. Well, I mean, but at this point, you've seen it so many times, so you don't have to invest as much brain power. It's true. Because you know you could wake up, go take a nap, wake up on any part of said film, and you know exactly what's going on at that point. So do you not put a distinction between best TV movies, best movies that are on where you're going to have commercials during some different scenes, and just your favorite movies of all time? Is there no distinction for yeah, you? Yeah, no, there's no distinction because my favorite movies, when they come on TV, I'm going to watch them every time. Fair enough. Fitty, do you find the distinction here? Yes, because, I, you know, there are some superhero movies that I'm not wanting to wait to watch commercials for it to come back and pick up the action. Well, plus, it might be long. Isn't Endgame forever long? It's yes. a, a four-hour movie with commercials. So, in any situation, if you're talking about one of these 90-minute movies, like probably The Replacements or Big Daddy, then you can just get in and out of that movie no time but you gotta sit there and invest some well, time that's why you record it so then you can fast forward through the commercial but but now but see but now it's not the same now a recorded version of your tv movie is not the same as live tv movie oh, just okay, keeping it okay. on there all right it's not the same because then you might as well just put the dvd in if you recorded it <laughs> yeah so i would argue like okay uh the replacements is up there big daddy for me rocky four 
Um, Forrest Gump is definitely up there because that's the greatest American movie Forrest of Gump. all time. Forrest Gump is a good one. And then the fifth one, I would probably go with probably, probably with Goodfellas. Like if that's on, I'm probably gonna sit there and watch it. I've sat there on a, a good you know day where I was scrolling through the channels. But with those, maybe I'm different. With those types of movies that are considered among the better movies that you've ever seen, I want to catch them at the very beginning. So if I if I'm in the middle of Goodfellas. I might watch the rest of it, but I want to catch it at the beginning, and then I'll invest some time. We'll see if you record it. You can go back to the beginning. Or you could just go to Amazon <laughs> or another one of these streaming platforms. It's on Max. I'll give you my account. I appreciate that. Thank you. Or if you I have YouTube it. TV, just record it. Well, yes, you could do that as well. I mean, how many people even record some of those movies when you can go to any streaming platform now? You don't have to record anymore. Right. Well, a lot of them you might have to pay for. It depends on which platforms you have, which you don't. Do you not? Do you own Dark Knight? No, yes, I, don't. I do. So do you own any movies now? No. Really? Yeah, I don't own any movies. What, you want I, me to go buy? You talking about buying the digital? Yeah, I mean, buying yeah, digital. No, I mean, I don't know. You're a huge movie goer. Yeah. I, I don't think it's crazy to ask. No, if you're, not at all. I don't buy them, though. I mean, a lot of the movies I like, especially they, they come on TV so quickly. So I just record them when they come on TV. Okay. All right. So you are. That's that's your role then. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, We're going to some of these other. Jesse Hocus Pocus. During Halloween, Hocus Pocus is huge. Roadhouse is a great one. Yeah, 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 yeah Roadhouse, Roadhouse is in there. Is That's probably the third best American movie of all time. Okay, there you go. Uh, Kyle Bailey <laughs> nodding in approval. Uh, Wedding Crashers is a great TV movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. That That's is. a cackalack. Road Trip. Yes. Road Trip is good. Euro Trip is good. Um, I still got to watch Euro Trip. I forgot you said that. It's better. Kyle, I don't know if you can help me. This seems like it's up your alley. What's is that? Euro Trip better than Road Trip? No. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I'm a huge advocate see, I gotta for Euro see Trip, Trip, but Trip. I know Road Trip's going to be hard. To Road Trip's a classic. That's what Road, I'm saying. That's Road, a hard classic. To Road Trip is great, but Euro Trip is better in my opinion. That seems like something saying, what's, what's the category? What's the what's the theme today? Well, we're talking about great best TV. TV movies, but then I was just asking oh, you into a separate conversation. Oh, 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 okay. Because we're talking about the football draft like when happening it's on soon. on TV, you're going to stop and watch it. Yep, and you're not moving the channel. So like Forrest Gump, Shawshank, those are like two of the all-time. Yeah. Okay. Yep, you dude, just, Shawshank is trash. Oh, my God. <laughs> It, it is a it is a terrible. Hey, just always remember. Just always remember HR. that he's from historic like. Yeah, no, I'll plant drugs in your car and call HR if you say that again. That's <laughs> I want, outrageous. I want you to know you've had a lot of hot takes. That might be the hottest take ever. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that movie. No, and the worst take. That movie sucks. It doesn't. But I was also, I, I, you actually had earned back some points with me when you said when you were that complimentary of Roadhouse. And then you wouldn't just, you know, peed all over this it. This man said Roadhouse is a better movie than Shawshank. Oh, no. Yes, it, now, it is. Okay, it's neck and neck for oh, me. My Lord. No, I, mean, but, I, I used to sit at the door checking IDs, and I'd see if Roadhouse was on TV in the bar. <laughs> it's a Road great trip bar seems movie. like something Kyle and I would get into. Absolutely. Like quoting it? Yeah, and, and that, no, that we would actually do. Oh, we we would question. be in that type of situation. In that, in that era, we would be coolers. Absolutely. <laughs> Looking for the hottest bar in Trying to go across the Rome, country. <laughs> you know? Trying to stop a tape from getting to your girl. <laughs> PhD oh, student yeah. who roams the country as the best cooler in the business, yeah, yeah. looking for rural bars to, to regulate. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, Euro Trip. If you haven't seen it, that I'm going to check it out. And that I'll would give be you my opinion. If you would do something like Road Trip, then I have to imagine you do something like Euro Trip too. Okay. I imagine you would go on that quest right. as well. <laughs> you ready for this draft, by the way? Yeah, man. You ready I for the draft? My ass off. Are you? Yeah. Now, now Walker's coming in later this week for the basketball version of this. We're doing the WFNZ fake. Football player There's draft. Neon Badeau and uh, you got the Butch McCray in there. I was going to tell you too. So like, I, we'll have the rules when you get in here. 
But if you've got something off script, go for it. I mean, I put together a master list to help everybody yeah, out. I don't think if, those Neon <laughs> if Neon Badoa or Butch McCray isn't one of your top picks, I, I don't know, man. All right. Uh, you can go through the extensive list. Kyle Bailey put a ton of hard work into this football draft, so stick Wayne around for that necessary. in 20 minutes. But also, you can just stay tuned for the opener here in just a moment. That'll do it for Wes and Walker. Kyle Bailey, Smoke Ludwig, Wes Bryant, Fitty. You have the whole crew in the studio coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.